0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Monterey podcast. Please visit calvary.com to learn more about our church. And visit nateholdridge.com for additional Bible teaching from our lead pastor, Nate Holdridge. Teaching today is our youth pastor, Joshua Shiver. Hey Calvary, Pastor Joshua here uh, for the Tuesday night Bible study. Uh, you know, I'm teaching for Pastor Nate as he's just kind of taking a break. He's been doing some men's conferences and things like that. Uh, and so we actually won't be going into Leviticus at this time, but actually kind of go into a little more of an obscure passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Uh, and so if you want to start turning there, um, you know, I just want to share with you guys that uh, being a youth pastor, I'm always really blessed. Um, teaching students and getting to pour into them, um, but I always, I, I am, I'm always humbled whenever Nate or another pastor asks me to come and teach uh, where they teach, um, because you and I both know that, uh, you know, Nate takes in such high regard uh, the teaching of God's Word, and and especially even going through, like, a book um like Leviticus. It just takes so much studying and time to really pour out of or pull out of it and really just pour into that teaching. And so I'm always humbled. I'm always blessed when I'm asked to to come and teach uh, during a time like this and and in kind of another man's pulpit, as it were. And so, you know, tonight uh, as we go through Second, um, yeah, Second Corinthians chapter 1 there, um, just these couple verses, again, verses 3 through 7, uh, I, I really kind of came came across this section of verses um, in my own time of reading, and my own time of studying, and it's it's kind of been stuck in my heart for a while. Um, And I really think this is because in the time of just season we're in, in life, as there's just a lot of things going on around us, I think we can really come to a place of needing comfort. And maybe as you turn there in 2 Corinthians and you turn to that page and you look right before verse 3, you may see the title there in your Bible, God of all comfort. God of all comfort. And so just as I was reading through this and thinking of what could I speak to our congregation or maybe just you don't go to Calvary but you watch these Tuesday night videos or listen to it through a podcast, my heart was really just to share with you the comfort that's been really shared to me from God. And really showing that process that, that, that God calls us to have as Christians, that He pours out to us. He is our God of all comfort. Um, and then it's kind of our job to then pour out that comfort, that mercy to those around us. And so, so I thought, well, if God's calling me to do that as I read and kind of study this in my devotional time, uh, it would be right for me then to share that just as He tells us to in His Word right here. And so pray with me real quick, and then we'll get into this text and see what God has for us on this Tuesday night. So, Father, we come before you uh, just in humility, God, the fact that we have your revealed truth, your revealed word, um, and that we can read it and study it and, Lord, just grow together as a church, Lord, as a, as a, and not just at Calvary, but your church, Jesus, your body. Um, Lord, thank you so much for this just opportunity to, to just grow and mature. Spirit, we pray that you would speak to our hearts and our minds. You would flow into us and and grow us as we read this text. Uh, God, I just thank you so much for using me to teach this. Uh, I pray that you would look past my inadequacies as a teacher, as a man, and, and speak through your word and through your spirit right now. God, we just thank you and praise you for this in your name. Amen. So in my years of being a youth pastor, um, one of the kind of biggest needs that I've seen in students is really the need for comfort, Um, the need to be comforted. And this isn't, in a sense, the comfort of a nice cozy couch and all the Netflix and Doritos a kid can watch and have, Um, but the comfort of knowing life will work out, knowing that things are are meant to happen, the comfort that is kind of surpasses our understanding. Um, I really think that students have this. I, I, I mean, I experience it every week. Um, it kind of expresses itself in one facet or another, how a student reacts to something you say or the way that you approach them, um, maybe the way that you confront or the way that you love. You see this need, and a lot of times you really see a student either come to a relationship with God because they come to a place of understanding God as the great comforter as, or as the comforter um, of all things, or they choose to find comfort in other things, lesser things than God. So you kind of can see that even in a student as as they're growing, maturing, as they're choosing this faith or not choosing this faith on their own, they either find comfort in God for everything that life is, or they find comfort in lesser things. I really believe that this desire to be comforted is really rooted in all of us, not just students. Um, Hopefully you had a mom and a dad or a mother and father that comforted you uh, through your childhood and adolescence and into your young adulthood. You know, they walked with you through all the highs and lows, all the loves and losses of life and really helped encourage you and grow you into that adulthood. Right, and they comfort you through those things. And now that you're an adult, you now have a sense of of being comforted and how to comfort. I think this is something that's rooted in all of us. Um, but really as we come to this passage today and we look at at what Paul is really describing to the Corinthians, and, and describing to us, you know, some 2,000 years later, is the importance of knowing God's character within this form of comfort, within this form of mercy, and really being um, brought to a place of peace and joy. Um, I really want to kind of express tonight God's character through this, because the fact is, even as Paul was writing this letter to the Corinthians, um, they were in a real place of turmoil. Actually, they were pretty angry at Paul. And Paul was in kind of a a hard spot because he had said earlier that I want to come visit you, but he hadn't. And so they were angry at him for that. But then Paul was kind of like, but if I had come and seen you and confronted you on some of these sin issues and some of these habits you guys had accepted as a church, you would have been mad at me also for that. And so I believe as Paul finishes his greetings there in verses one and two, and he gets into verse three, He also wants us to kind of focus in and and realign our focus, our perspective on God's character and how how really blessed we are because we serve a God of all comfort rather than focusing on Paul and and the troubles that, that the Corinthians had with Paul and such things. And so, really, my heart for us tonight, where I think this is, again, something that's fundamental of what it means to be a Christian, I think if we can take uh, just a night like tonight, I think, or a time um, to take our focus off the troubles of this world, the things that bring us anxiety, that bring the things that bring us kind of fear, and even into depression at times, things that are happening in our world, and we can focus in on God's character. Uh, I really think that does realign our perspective, really it realigns even our worldview when we look at, at the fundamental, like, facts of who God is and, and who we are to Him. Um, and And hopefully by the end of this message um, as we look through this process as we look through Paul's heart to the Corinthians and and to us um, we can walk out the other side saying yeah God is um, my comforter right God is uh, really the comforter of all my worries all my fears all my joy like God literally can cover all those things and not just that but then we walk out the other side saying now God Thank you for those things. Thank you for being that comforter. Now help me to be comfort for others. Not an instigator, not an antagonizer, but a comforter for others. Um, this doesn't come naturally to a lot of us. I know myself, I'm, if you ever take the personality test, I'm a protagonist uh, within that. And so we like to kind of stir things up and push that big red button that maybe no one else will push. Um, but I really believe that in this, we're being called to, to look to God's character, look to that comfort, but then also... Um, take that and then pour it out and give it to others. And so, as Paul starts this again, realigning the Corinthian church's mindset to look at God rather than, than Paul himself, he starts in verse 3 by saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Okay? So, in verse 3, he starts it off by just kind of laying that rock solid foundation. Um, and really brings me to my first point, which is God's character is to have mercy and comfort for those he loves. It's part of God's character. It's like part of fundamentally who God is, is to have mercy and comfort for those that he loves. And so Paul wants us to understand and first let us see this this, um, compassion, this comfort that comes to us from God and from Jesus himself. right, Paul says that blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul pulls this from the Old Testament, um, actually Isaiah 55:12, and also in Isaiah 66:13, where de- God is described as this compassionate, loving comforter, almost like a mother. And so in a sense, like that, we can relate to that. Hopefully you can, hopefully you had a, mo- a mother that loved you and had compassion for you. And so this fundamental truth um, it's something that we easily forget, right? We forget that God is a comforter, that he has compassion, that he has mercy on us. We can forget that. We can get caught up in the theology of things or the, the busyness of ministry and wanting to, to do for God, and we get distracted and forget that he is this comforter in the Old Testament, as Isaiah talked about, and then here even as Paul talks about it in the, book, in the letter to the Corinthian church. And yet, I really believe that this will benefit us if we continue to remember this daily. If we continue to remember that no matter what I go through in this life, no matter kind of what I encounter or what's going on around me that I really have no control over, God is my comforter, that, that we are blessed because we have God the Father. And I love how Paul also brings Jesus Christ into this because that's also a fundamental fact of showing God's character. And we'll get more into that as we go through this text. And so as we look at this, you know, compassion and comfort, kind of Paul lays out. Compassion, it really is God's mercy and his concern for the plight of those who suffer. And then comfort is what God gives to those who suffer. So in this first verse, you know, or uh, verse 3, we see Paul kind of lining out to us that God... Uh, through Jesus actually shows us compassion, which is he actually cares. <laughs> when you suffer, when you have pain, when you have anxiety, when you are in a place of just like not knowing what's happening and not knowing what you should do, or, or, or there's things happening to you that are outside of your control, God cares about those things. He really does. He cares so much that he's willing to even not just care, but then have comfort to actually make things work for the better through that circumstance. Okay. So Paul starts with this, and he he kind of gives us this rock-solid foundation, you guys. And in our Christian walk of following Jesus, striving to be Jesus, and doing what he did, we find ourselves uh, forgetting some of the fundamental characteristics of the God that created us. The fundamental truth is that our God is full of mercy, compassion, and comfort for every aspect of our lives. This truth, we should really have it tattooed on our hearts, you guys, because We will walk, really will walk us through the trials of life as you and I strive to be more like Jesus, which really is the goal. And so Paul continues this thought as he goes into verse 4 where he says, Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves comforted by God. Okay. So he continues this this thought of that comforting from God, and now he brings in affliction, okay? Um, Which brings me to my second point. God's character flows into his believers, so they can then pour out for others. Now, this is just a fact of life, right? There's affliction. There's pain. We live in a broken world. Um, There's always things around us happening that that you and I can kind of scratch our heads, maybe you have a file in your mind or heart of the why questions that one day you hope to ask God, I know I do. And so it's the idea of, yes, we have the why questions, we don't quite understand why there's brokenness and pain and why things can happen, but at the same time, we can understand the characteristics of God, that these things happen for a reason, and that really he's calling us in the same way that he brings comfort to us through those afflictions, then to pour it out to others. And so in a sense, God is so willing to flow into us, to pour into us, and then we need to ultimately pour into others. This is kind of the idea of discipleship, right? Christianity is almost defined by the process of discipleship or apprenticeship under Jesus. Many times in the New Testament, we see Jesus telling those around him to follow, to follow him, to follow his way, as it were. Um, This call to follow is a call to discipleship, to apprentice, to disciple under Jesus, really to live, to be, and to do as Jesus did. When we step into this call of following Jesus, we actually adopt the way Jesus lived in return. And in return, he shows us how to do the same for others. This adoption of this comfort, this adoption of this way of life, is counter to how a lot of us do live, how, how I live when I'm in my flesh, when I'm, I'm not pursuing God. I, I like my selfishness. I like to focus on myself and almost even a self-pity, as it were, when I'm just kind of focusing on my troubles, my worries. But see, when we adopt this discipleship, this idea of God pouring into us and us pouring into others, it widens our perspective We no longer can just focus on ourselves, um, but we need to focus on those around us. We start to see our neighbors as people, and we start to see our neighbors as people that are going through maybe some of the same things we're going through. We start to see the barista that makes our coffee. We start to see the teacher that, that, that... Teaches our kids, or the coach, as, as people who, who maybe they need that comfort also. Maybe they need that, that expression of, hey, there is a reason, there's, there's a purpose even behind these afflictions that we see here that Paul is talking about and that we feel each and every day. See, Paul wanted the Corinthians and us also to understand that, that as Christians, we have a God who understands our afflictions and can actually comfort us through those afflictions. I mean, think about that for a second. We actually have a God who understands and actually walks with us through those. Not just walks, but comforts us through those things. If we can stop and think about that for a second, how many people do we interact with each day or or maybe that we know that, that don't have that comfort, right? They don't have that understanding, that belief, that faith that there's a God who understands their afflictions and then also walks with them through it and comforts them through that. I mean, think of those people that don't have that. And so when these things come up, when, when problems and hardships and pain and brokenness come up in those people's lives, the fact is they don't have the hope that you and I do as Christians. I mean, think of, like, I mean, if you can put yourself in their shoes and kind of just think for a moment, man, what, what do you do when you don't have God? What do you do when you don't have this hope of, of a God that knows what you're going through and is willing to walk through it with you? Like, what do you do when you don't have that? And so Christians, when we think about that, that should really humble us. That should really bring us to a place of, of saying, okay, God, you have blessed me immensely, and you have, you have given me such an amazing gift by promising me, by, by showing your character to me that you are willing to, to know me and to understand me and then to walk through this life with me and to comfort me when I am broken. God, how do I express that then? How do I then pour into others? It's living a life worthy of that, you guys. And as Christians, this is something that should, yes, humble us. It should break us at how, how intimate our God is. But it should also encourage us and embolden us to live a life walking through those afflictions with others, loving people through those, and comforting them even in their darkest places. In a sense, you guys, this should, in a lot of ways, mark our discipleship with Jesus. This should, in a big way, mark our churches. And this, in a huge way, should should mark an like really define our characteristics as, as people in this world, with those we interact with. Right, this, this idea of walking with people just as God walks with us. Now with that said, Paul now continues in, in that train of thought by saying in verse 5, For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too verse six if we are afflicted it is for your comfort and salvation and if we are comforted it is for your comfort which you express or i'm sorry you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer so my third point from verses five and six is trusting in god's character means trusting him through the suffering basically what paul is saying here now christians is that you will go through some type of suffering right life is hard you live in a broken place, and so you will go through some type of suffering. You know, I don't know if you're listening to this and you've ever experienced anything like Paul has um, in his life, the type of suffering, the type of, of even, you know, in a sense the, the um, affliction of being, um, you know, really like called out for his faith and what he believed in and being, you know, in a place of, of really tortured for that, um, but maybe you're in a place where it's just like there's just pain in your life. There's just, there's, there's, in a sense, this pulling, this stretching point of your identity and and where do I stand in this world and how do I how do, how do I live where there's such polarizing ideas and, and worldviews of how to live. But see, the fact is, as Paul lays out here, that you will suffer, and that we even share in the suffering as with Christ, um, we we come to this place of, of having to basically say, okay, God, I trust you. I trust that whatever type of suffering I'm in, whatever type of suffering and affliction I'm experiencing, I really need to come to the understanding of just trusting God through it because ultimately he's going to get me through it. See, I, I believe when Paul lays out that, as for, like he says in verse 5, for as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, you know, we have to understand that Jesus was fully God, but he became fully man. And so, yes, he suffered many things on the cross and taking on the sin. Um, of all mankind, and, and dying for that, being separated from the Father. Um, he, he suffered many things because of the cross, yes. But I also believe because he became fully man, I believe scripture also shows us this, that he gave us an example by living this life, going through a lot of the afflictions and suffering and pain and brokenness that you and I go through also. I mean, he, he was that intimate of a God that he, he was born and went through childhood, adolescence. He went through that young adult and teenage years into adulthood. He, he went through probably many of the same things that you and I go through. And ultimately, anything he didn't necessarily go through in his life, he felt and experienced on the cross when he took on the sin of the world and the brokenness. So ultimately, there's really nothing that you and I can come up against that Jesus Christ hasn't already suffered through and, and felt that affliction, that pain, that brokenness. And so with that said, hopefully that kind of puts a switch in your mind of like, yeah, because of that, because God's showing himself through that, and I I can trust him. I can trust him in whatever comes. Jesus showed us this, and ultimately Jesus was and is God's character fully manifested in the flesh. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 says, For because he, he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted." Also in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, for, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. I mean, that's Peter right there, right? Peter followed Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He denied Jesus, came back to Jesus, and became a, an amazing preacher and spreader of the gospel after Jesus ascended. And he is saying right there that Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus was this example for us that we would follow in his steps. Ultimately, Jesus suffered to have compassion and comfort for us when we suffer and struggle in life. Then in return, we imitate Jesus by trusting God in our suffering and help others by comforting them in their sufferings. I mean, this is a beautiful process. Again, is that discipleship, that apprenticing under Jesus, living like Jesus, doing what Jesus did. And all of this, the goal is to draw us closer to Jesus, a Savior, King, and Lord of our lives. And through a life that looks like Jesus, we draw our others to that same life. See, that's the beautiful end goal there, isn't it? That at the end of that suffering, at the end of coming to the understanding that Jesus suffered in the same way that, that I did, am and did, um, and it draws me to a place of trusting God, the fact is then we live in a place of trusting God. And so that light, as it were, that, that understanding, that peace through suffering because of the comfort of trusting God is like, like this beam. It's like this essence. Um, it's like this beautiful aroma to people around us. And they say, hey, you're going through a really hard time. Or, or, or there's a lot of chaos around us right now. Why do you have a peace? Why do you have a place of understanding? Why do you have hope? And the hope is then to bring them to a place of understanding where Jesus becomes their Lord, their Savior, their King. Paul truly wanted Christians to understand that the suffering we can experience in this life as Christians was all for the hope that we would experience the comfort of God and then return, show that same comfort and hope to those we live life with every day. It's coming to the acceptance, Christians, that that the suffering that we go through in this life, the pain, the brokenness, there is a reason for it. Yes, we can ask the question, if God is good and love, then then why evil? But the fact is, we have to understand that God is so much bigger than that. He's so much more more above what what we perceive as evil and what we perceive as bad. Um, And for that, we have to trust him because in that, there's a good. In that, there's a reason behind it. All right, he finishes out this thought, and we're finishing right here, um, brothers and sisters, in verse 7 where it says, Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that you are share in our suffering. You will also share in our comfort. So as Paul finishes this little section uh, to his letter in the, to the Corinthians, he basically wants to share with them, hey, like, whatever happens after this, whatever you have to say to me, whatever, whatever struggle we have, um, my hope in you and my, my, my faith that God's going to do a work with you and through you is, is unshaken, right? It's unshaken. Um, for we know that you share in our sufferings and also in our comfort. Paul's saying, like, we're walking through this together, guys. We're all in this life together. We're all moving forward and trusting God together, um, trying to be more like Jesus each and every day. And so my hope for you, he says, is unshaken. Which brings me to my fourth point. Our hope is unshaken because God's character is unshakable, okay? Paul's faith and hope in his unshakable God is contagious. It really should be. When you read through Paul's life and his his exploits, his missions and everything he went through, right? Being beaten, being imprisoned, being shipwrecked, bit by snakes, I mean like abandoned, you know. The guy went through all kinds of stuff. And the fact is he still can write a letter, even after a church like like the Corinth, you know, in Corinth that really like just kind of fought him tooth and nail along the way. He can still say, I have hope, because the fact is. His hope is not in the Corinth church. His hope is not in Christians necessarily. His hope isn't even in like the human church as it were, but his hope is in this unshakable God and that God's character doesn't move. It doesn't shake. Both Old Testament and New Testament tells us about this. The book of Job, which chronologically is one of the oldest books that we know about in the Bible. And the fact is that even in that, Job says, but he is unchangeable, talking about God, and who can, who can turn his back? What he desires, that he does. Right? Even Job, in, in, in his essence and, and in his, everything he was going through, said, hey, you know what? God is unchangeable. Whatever he wants to do, he's going to do. I mean, who, who can change his mind? In Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in, in chapter 6, verse 16 through 18 says, for people swear by something greater than themselves, and then all their disputes and oath is final for confirmation. Verse 17, so when God desires to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. So even in this, Paul puts that hope, it's unshakable because God can't lie. It's against his character. It's against his nature. And when God has an oath, when he says something, it's going to happen. Lastly, in Hebrews chapter thirteen verse eight, it says, "Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever." I mean, I forgot about that verse when I was studying through this, and it popped out to me. Hebrews thirteen verse eight. And write that down. Highlight that one in your Bible. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know about you guys, but like when I read a verse like that, that emboldens my faith. That like like lights it up, because in that I can come to a place of saying, "Lord, because you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow." You, you are unshakable, and I can trust that. Where everything else in this life, everything else is shakable. Everything else that we experience in this life can change and move and sh- just be, be torn out of our hands. The fact is, Jesus, our God, our Lord, our Savior, our King, is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So, our faith uh, and Christian walk must be so much more, right? It must be so much more. I mean, think about everything we've talked about, how 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 God walks with us through life and through the pain and sorrow not just walks but he comforts us. We can trust that because how unshakable our God is and how his promises are true. And so Christians, I want to encourage you that that like this should embolden you so that your Christian walk is so much more than just a Sunday morning. Your Christian walk is so much more than just watching this video. Um, it, it's so much more than just like a kind of a a now and then service or a now and then like Come into Jesus, but it's a daily thing because Jesus is walking with us daily. He's comforting us daily. We should pursue him every single day. The fact is, even you guys, as we look at Paul's testimony, it shows that he understood how comforting God is because he tested that comfort. He really did. And he learned, leaned into it through everything he went through. So in a sense, if you were going through a teaching like this, or you read a section of scripture like this, and it's not sticking out, it's not doing something to your heart, I would, I would challenge you and I would ask you, have, are you testing this? Are you moving enough in your faith? Are, is your faith in Christ, is your Christianity, your discipleship to Jesus so much more, right? Does it encompass your life so that you're actually challenging God in, in his comfort? So that when you do encounter something, are you going to like the flesh and things that, that comfort you other than God? Or are you leaning into that comfort? Are you testing, God, are you actually going to comfort me? Are you actually going to walk through this with me? And see, our, our faith, our, our Christian walk, our discipleship has to be so much more than just a Sunday morning or else the fact is we, we're we not testing God on this and we're not going to experience it. And I would challenge you, brothers and sisters, to, to, to test God in this. Like, push into this, lean into it, and see and feel and experience God walking with you daily and comforting you through the trials of life. Now, in conclusion, just a couple points just to kind of stick it stick in your mind or for you to write down the first one is our perspective our worldview and our hope must remain in the character of God and his promise to be our God in mercy and comfort okay basically saying your perspective the way that you view the world and and the hope that you you hold on to really has to be cemented in the character of God because that's really the only thing that's going to hold okay Number two, God reveals to us his heart through the mercy, compassion, and comfort he freely offers. Then we, in return, live in such a way that imitates God's heart to those around us, okay? We have to understand God's God's character, his heart, his mercy, that compassion, that comfort. He freely offers that to us, and so we have to imitate that to where our hearts then pour that out to those around us. Number three, the truth and character of God was revealed in the person of Jesus who was an example to us of how to trust God in every aspect of our lives. Now, when I say that, it's, it's really the understanding that Jesus truly went through everything that you're going to go through in this life. right? Jesus understands the world that we live in right now. Everything that's happening um, within our control, outside of our control, whether within our own sphere or even within our country or our world, Jesus understands it all, right? He He's, in a sense, experienced it. He's walked through it. And so we need to trust him in that. And that our lives are are kind of as Jesus was an example of God's character, now we as the church Christians are now an example of Jesus to the world around us. And we need to live like him, be like him, and do what he did. Number four, God is never changing, and we can have unshakable faith because of how unshakable our God is. And maybe you know that, maybe you've heard that a million times, but I just want to remind you of that. Because I know it brought me great hope. And I hope it brings you great hope. I hope this continues to, an idea like this and, and, a, and a theology like this continues to mark your Christian walk, your, your witness to those around you, and even the church that you go to. So, Christians, I love you guys. Thank you so much for this. Um, and listening to this, I hopefully encourage you. And uh, have a blessed week, guys. So, Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We give you this time and this word in your name. Amen.